0: Hello, my name is Daniel Nenny, founder of SemiWiki, the open forum for semiconductor professionals. Welcome to the Semiconductor Insiders podcast series. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please post it on semiwiki.com and we'll get right to it. Today we're talking with Wally Rines about the Electronic Design Market Data Report that was just released. Uh, SEMI and the Electronic System Design Alliance collect data from almost all the EDA companies in the world and compile it by product category and region uh, of where the sales occurred. And, you know, it's the most reliable data for EDA and IP and provides, you know, insight into what design tools and IP are in highest demand around the world. So, Wally, what do the results for the third quarter of 2023 say?
1: Thanks, Dan. It was a real blowout quarter. Uh, there's almost nothing negative. And the growth rates are outstanding in all product categories and in all regions. Overall, the EDA industry experienced a 25.2% growth rate in the third quarter of 2023 to $4.7 billion. In addition to being record revenue, the growth rate is the highest quarterly number achieved since the fourth quarter of 1998.
0: That's, that's just amazing you know you and I both have been in EDA a long time and you know seeing these double digit yearly numbers for Eda growth is is just impressive I mean it, it's it's incredible So which regions of the world were the strongest in terms of uh, purchases of EDA software Well
1: Dan they were all strong every region was greater than 20 percent growth compared to the same quarter of 2022. Japan was actually the strongest at 30.5% growth, followed by Asia Pacific at 28.1%, North America at 22.8%, and Europe at 21.5%. 3rd quarter was well above recent trends. You can see that by looking at the four-quarter moving averages. The overall four-quarter moving average for total worldwide EDA was 13.8%. Now, that's still a very strong number, but only a little over half of the third quarter growth rate of 25.2%. Four quarter moving averages in the regions range from 17.8% for Asia Pacific, 13.4% for Europe, 11.2% for North America, and 9.4% for Japan.
0: Oh, those are big numbers. But what about China?
1: Uh, China was also very strong at 34.5%, but not a record. Their Q3 23 uh, results were more in line with their longer term growth rate of 32.3% for the four quarter moving average.
0: Did any of the Asia Pacific countries grow faster than China?
1: Well, yes, (laughs) Uh, Korea grew a remarkable 54%. The other backroom countries were less and Taiwan actually showed a small negative growth rate at minus
0: 2.8%. Yeah that makes sense. So what about product categories? What types of EDA tools are driving this uh, big growth? Well
1: it's been amazingly strong really across the board. It ranges from 22.1% growth for silicon IP to a whopping 45.3% for IC layout. Computer automated engineering or what are really front-end design tools grew at 22.4% and PCB. 23.6 percent the ic layout number is the fastest growth we've seen since the fourth quarter of 2020.
0: that's amazing and and this is you know during a not a record low semiconductor uh year but you know we're we're probably double digits weaker this year in the total semiconductor industry right
1: absolutely the semiconductor industry is down at least minus 10 percent for the year moving below uh, 500 billion. So here you had negative semiconductor industry growth accompanied by near record uh, EDA industry growth. But that's actually a positive in the sense it says more design is going on, but the manufacturing uh, has been weak. Uh, We're probably looking forward to some uh, recovery in the semiconductor industry.
0: Yeah, I think 2024 is going to be a good year. So what was weak for the quarter in EDA?
1: There was one area, and that was services. Uh, it shrank at minus 3.9 percent, not a lot. But the lack of growth in services reduced the overall license and maintenance category to 28.7 percent, despite the strong 45.3 percent growth for IC layout.
0: All right. Well, weak services revenue sometimes suggests that customers are pulling contract design work in-house, right, as a result of reduced available workload. I mean, could this be happening?
1: Well, maybe. Uh, it's been a down year for the semiconductor industry, but the growth in design tool revenue and silicon IP suggests more design activity, not less. Perhaps the service number is a lagging indicator, uh, reflecting the weakness of nearly a year ago, and the design tool revenue suggests that we're moving into an
0: upturn. Right. So what about uh, IT? Did the ED companies who report their numbers grow faster than other non-reporting IP companies like Arm, for example?
1: Yes, they did this time. The EDA reporting companies came in at a growth rate of 30.6%, while the non-reporting companies were at 16.5%. Both of these are very healthy numbers, especially in comparison to recent quarters.
0: Right. So in terms of size, how big has the silicon IP business become?
1: Well, total revenue for silicon IP for the last four quarters was $5.6 billion. That's 34% of the total $16.5 billion of EDA revenue for the most recent four quarters.
0: That's amazing. It looks like EDA has moved beyond the typical 2% of semiconductor revenue that, you know, you used to be fond of analyzing. Um, How are we looking at it today? (laughs)
1: <laughs> You're right. Uh, I'm glad that you remember that uh, 2% number. It is, however, an analysis that was my own. It's not part of this ESDA. But uh, since you mentioned it, uh, let's look at the numbers. When the semiconductor TAM was $560 billion in 2022, then a 2% guideline for the EDA TAM would have been an $11 billion EDA market. And we actually exceeded that number by a lot, reaching almost $15 billion. For 2023, the difference will probably be even greater since the semiconductor industry total will be around 500 billion and EDA may exceed 17 billion. So what happened? It's been more than five years since EDA followed the 2% rule. The difference, I believe, is the entry of non-semiconductor companies into the discipline of chip design. Over the last 10 years, systems companies like Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon and others have grown from near zero purchases of foundry wafers to buy nearly one-fourth of the total foundry wafers produced. Since semiconductor companies spend and will probably continue to spend a nearly fixed percentage of their revenue on R&D and on EDA, the 2% rule worked. Now we have a large share of EDA purchases going to non-semiconductor companies, and the percentage has grown to about 3.5% of semiconductor revenue. It's not anywhere near as meaningful because we're not including the effect of one-fourth of all wafer usage in the R&D number. The 2% number isn't so relevant anymore, even though semiconductors uh, companies are probably still spending in the same range they always have.
0: What's the bottom line, Wally?
1: The bottom line is incredible growth of EDA spending across the board and across the world in the third quarter of 2023. There's a lot of increased design activity, both in chip design and in systems, as evidenced by the strong printed circuit board growth numbers. EDA has been a great area of investment for growth of revenue and earnings. And while third quarter may have been exceptional, the underlying strength appears to be very good. AI is certainly stimulating a new wave of semiconductor startups with associated chip designs, and big users of AI are developing lots of custom processors. This, along with the growth of systems electronics in automotive, aerospace, industrial, and consumer applications, is driving ongoing positive momentum for EDA. So, while the semiconductor industry will decline in revenue by 10% or so in 2023, the outlook for 2024 is increasingly positive. And that should help EDA to keep up a strong growth path.
0: I agree with you. You know, Wally, you you and I both go to a lot of the conferences. I see, you know, all the time. um, How was your experience with the conferences in 2023? You know, did you notice a significant growth, or the same, or, you know, what's your observation?
1: Well, it was a strange industry in the sense that AI became uh, such a big theme, and the uh, the big companies affected by A, the users uh, uh, as well as the uh, the providers, uh, principally NVIDIA and then all the companies trying to compete with NVIDIA. Uh, So that tended to skew uh, a lot of the discussion, Uh, great enthusiasm around AI, uh, still great enthusiasm around automotive, but uh, real concern about everything else and questions about Uh, legacy products, uh, the oncoming Chinese onslaught of older node uh, chip supply, and how it would affect uh, some of the companies that target automotive and industrial. Uh, So it's sort of a a bipolar, so to speak, kind of uh, enthusiasm this year.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, AI is the number one topic on SemiWiki, and it's the number one topic in all the conferences and and uh, I know there was a lot of investment money put into AI chips, startups and such, but you you know what I'm waiting for Wally, and and you know more about this than I do, but when is the big security issue gonna come up? You know, I mean, we got AI everywhere. When are we gonna start seeing, you know, oh my gosh, we have to secure these systems?
1: I think it's coming and it's gonna be big because I, I already see the sensitivity That users of AI, for example, generative AI, companies that are taking these enormous foundation models and putting their own fine-tuning on top of it, and all of a sudden now they want to keep everything behind their firewall because that fine-tuning data is their own proprietary expertise. I think the big step is going to come when these people... Get really scared about protecting that data, and when they they need to use resources in the cloud to do the processing, they're going to decide that they want to keep the data encrypted. Uh, And so, of course, my own focus is on how do you process data if it remains encrypted, and how do you make sure that encryption is secure against quantum computers. And so, I'm (laughs) in my own case, I'm looking forward to great customer enthusiasm, and I've got a lot of. Companies looking to us, but I think it's going to be very broad. I think it's going to go beyond that. Security is going to become an increasing theme because we're seeing hacking incidents all over the world, and people are realizing that traditional software security methods are inadequate, and we're going to have to build the security into the processing and the silicon if we're going to be secure and if we're going to protect against the oncoming ability of quantum computers to hack through most types of encryption.
0: Quantum computing has been a topic uh, that I've seen lately. In fact, I did some podcasts on it. And, you know, the experts I've talked to insist that it is definitely coming and it is definitely going to be a problem. And people are not convinced when we prepare for it. But, you know, my wife and I were watching a movie and the the power grid was hacked in the U.S. and everything was hacked and, you know, the world was coming to an end. And there was one scene that showed a bunch of brand new Teslas, you know, piling into each other. And my wife and I laughed. And then she looked at me and she said, can that really happen? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and she didn't think it was funny anymore.
1: <laughs> it's been publicly demonstrated. Yeah. <laughs> and the the conventions and meetings where hackers get together, uh, they demonstrate some pretty scary stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks, Wally, for going through all this information for us and, and making it, you know, understandable to us uh, laypersons. And uh, you know, I appreciate your time. And we'll see you. We'll see you soon.
1: It's always a pleasure, Daniel. Thanks.
0: That concludes our podcast. Thank you all for listening, and have a great day.